Welcome to Hard Count. I'm your boy, Mr. Bradstone. I'm here with my longtime friend and my great co-host, T-Ball. Hey, hey, Mr. Bradstone. Thanks for having me on Hard Count. Excited to do the show tonight. Of course, man. We can't do it. Just one guy. Tonight, we're going to go around the NFL with some quick hit news. That's a new segment we've come up with. Then we're going to do a little bit of uh, talking about uh, maybe our game of the week and our lame of the week, which is another new thing we're starting, which we're going to pick the worst games of the week that we thought was just the worst game and why. And then we're going to go and talk about our top performers of the week. And we'll do the Mr. Nobody of the week, which is obviously the worst player of that week in both of our opinions. And then we're going to go on, well, some injuries and all that good stuff. Hope you guys enjoy the show. And every week we're going to do a hard count at the beginning of the show. It's going to be a different quarterback every week. It's going to be a starting quarterback, whether it's now or it's previous times. And if you can guess it, we're going to give you a shout out on the show and might even have you on the next show. Who knows? We're just going to see where it goes. What do you think about that, T-Ball? Yeah, if you can uh, guess who the quarterback was on the hard count that just played, um, give us a shout out. Leave a voicemail on the uh, the podcast. Let us know who you think it is. We'll uh, we'll listen to those voicemails there. Well, the first person. So, I mean, if the 10th person gets it and you're the 15th person and you have the correct answer, we're going to have to go with the first person who gets it. So, right. whoever gets it can guess who the quarterback was that was just played. Uh, leave a voicemail, let us know who you think it is, and we will give you a shout-out. Um, and if you'd like to come on the show, we'd be more than happy to get you in here and uh, have a, you know another outside opinion with us. That would always be great. Yep, we'd love that. And also, I have to mention that this is a Heated Waves uh, podcast network or of the podcast network, and I um, hope you guys enjoy the show. Let's just get right into it. T-Ball, you want to go ahead and drop us off with some uh, some uh, quick hit news and maybe some injuries or so? Yeah, so starting off with the quick hit news, we have, um, you know, we have some injuries. We have some other news. Um, Rams running back Todd Gurley limited by ankle injury. Uh, that update on the rest of that, um, unless you have something, Mr. Bradstone, will come on the Heated Waves podcast, uh, Week 12 Picks. Yeah, all I was going to add to that is that's, I mean, it, that kind of answers everybody's question of, man, you didn't really see Todd Gurley play all that much until really the second half. Right, he didn't get a lot of, uh, I mean, he got some carries, but he didn't get as much as he should have. You uh, could tell he was having some lingering issue. If we look back at the uh, Week 11 podcast when we were doing our picks. Um, Which will I, be here in just a few days. Yep, I uh, I basically said that I think Todd Gurley is going to kind of ball out and they're going to just run it down the Chiefs' throat, but they kind of did the opposite. They sure did. It yeah. was actually the Chiefs running it down their throat. Yeah, and we'll get to that a little later. Um, but in other news, uh, Broncos actually cut uh, Adam Pacman Jones. 35 years old. Um, he is gone. Um, I, I, I didn't see where he went or what happened to he's him. He's just been cut. They didn't give any information. I think it's because of his age, and he's only had one interception on the year in seven games that they signed him back in August. Yeah, probably I didn't check his uh, salary there, but I'm sure he's getting paid in the uh, Broncos at a 4-6 and six record. Um, aren't looking like they're going to be able to afford that by the end of the year. So, um, in other news, Bucks tight end OJ Howard uh, has been placed on the injured reserve. So, if you're a Bucks fan or you for some reason have OJ Howard as a tight end on your I, fantasy team, I do. Do you? He well, was balling. You might want to uh, sit him because he, or maybe try to trick somebody into a trade because he is <laughs> now on the injured reserve. So, if you're going to do that, do that quickly. Um, 
And by the way, uh, all I've got left is Tannehill will be back for the Colts game. It's been five games since he's played. I don't think it's a good move. And, uh, I I'm, getting, I'm just getting tired of seeing Osweiler. He's fucking garbage. <laughs> that dude should have been done in the league whenever um, he left uh, Denver. Ryan Tannehill was 3-2 and two as a starter. They started off 3-0 before he uh, had to uh, get some offensive line injury problems. But um, I actually have uh, two more things to add to, you, to your quick hits. Okay. Uh, real quick, obviously Le'Veon Bell has been in the news this whole time. He just cannot make up his mind if you didn't see well now you know he's not gonna play the rest of the year they also forfeit that 14 and a half million dollars um or he does for the rest of the year and it's now going to go towards their salary cap for next year so that helps out the Steelers and yeah. now he reportedly wants 17 plus to 18 million per year basically wanting a five-year 85 million dollar deal that's greedy and uh you're already being greedy and now when there's talks of what kind of tag are they talking about giving him? transition tag it, he actually asked them to promise them at that deadline that he was supposed to sign before week 11. Le'Veon bell said that if you promise me you won't transition tag me at the end of the season that uh he would come back and play and they just could not promise him that so they couldn't get a deal done yeah and so then he goes i want more money now then yep and you haven't seen him play all year and he's not going to play all year so i don't think he's going to get that much next year i think he's an amazing running back absolutely number two. Oh, definitely and uh last but not least i think this is awesome awesome news um, we all know the browns hugh jackson's coach got let go i think that guy was just absolute garbage kind of running that team into the ground funny thing is the browns played the Bengals this week and the Bengals picked him up on their staff hired him as a, i'm not sure what he's doing on that staff but i think this is going to be a great game for the browns because they're going to be looking to get back at him and that coach for just just running the team into the ground and they're going to play him you know this week i think i have a real good chance of beating the Bengals. so does that mean on our week 12 picks you're going to be picking the browns You'll have to wait and see tomorrow, or well, here in a couple of nights. Tune in to find out, I guess. On heated waves. Um, Alex Smith, let's talk about him. Ooh, what uh, a gruesome injury. Yeah. Um, now, I know there was a little information on some craziness in accordance to that injury, um, in accordance to Joe Theismann, right? Uh, yeah. 33 years ago, on this past Sunday, um, I don't know if anybody's... There's probably very few people that are old enough or that watch football in general that know that Joe Theismann had the most disgusting, most gruesome tibia fibia break of a leg I've ever seen by who else? Yeah, one of the greatest tacklers of all time, Lawrence Taylor. This was the Redskins versus the Giants back probably 70s. It was 33 years ago, yeah. so I'm not. You're putting me on the spot doing the math. I can't yeah, quite do it. Fuck all that math. <laughs> yeah. so. But uh, it was actually. The same exact injury. I mean, this is the most uh, just craziest thing. It was 33 years ago on the day. Joe Theismann broke his tibia and fibula, which Alex Smith did as well. Um, it was on the same yard line. It was the same score. And uh, Joe Theismann was 35 years old, if you remember, and he did not ever make it back to the NFL. Yeah, Lawrence Taylor ended his career. So if you don't know what we're talking about with the Lawrence Taylor, Joe Theismann, do YouTube it, but I warn you, it is very graphic. Oh, man. Um, Joe Theismann's leg completely snaps. It's clear as day. Bends the way it shouldn't. Um, but it did end his career, and Lawrence Taylor actually, if you continue to watch the video, I don't know how good of a clip you'll get, but Lawrence Taylor instantly stands up, and he's waving somebody over there, and he actually starts breaking down into tears. because. He knew it. At that time, Joe Theismann was going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He is a Hall of Famer. 
Um, and he knew he ended his career. He sure did. So, and that's the same thing that happened with Alex Smith. Yeah. I mean, his career may not be over with, but let's keep in mind, guys, he's 34 years old, just pat turned 34 over this May, past May, and J.J. Uh, Watt was part of that tackling break, and he knew immediately it was broken. He did the same thing Lawrence Taylor did. Waved, waved in that. Over. Yeah, waved in that. Uh, his their, trainers their, or whatever yeah, they are. Health trainers in, in, the, in that department, and it was just... It's unlucky for the Redskins that we're doing so well, so well. And, and I'm not a Redskins fan by any means. I mean, everybody knows we're Packers fans through and through. Yeah. But yeah. they were doing very well. And I, I wanted them to win that division, but I actually picked the Eagles in the beginning of the year. But Yeah, and if you go back to listen to the uh, the podcast, um, our Heated Waves podcast with the picks and stuff like Predictions. that, you will hear me say that I am a huge Alex Smith yeah. fan. I do yeah. like Alex Smith a lot, so it is unfortunate. I think he's a decent quarterback. Um he had potential to probably play another six, seven years um, if he could stay healthy. But now that he's probably going to be out for a good year and a half, I would say. At least the rest of the year, for sure. If he returns at all, that would be amazing. I would love to see him come back. So good luck to you, Alex Smith. And here's the twist on all that. They bring in Colt McCoy is now the starting quarterback for the rest of the season. Right. Colt McCoy, um, not a good, not a good backup. Uh, 5,640 yards, 27 touchdowns, 23 interceptions at the age of 32. He's played for eight years. Those are not good numbers. Not only – let me add one more. One more stat to that that just does not make this next game look good. He only has 13 completions since 2014, and six of them – came last week when he came in that game. Right. And not only that, uh, he's from Texas, um, or he went to the University of Texas, along with another fucking loser out of Texas, Johnny Manziel. <laughs> another so, fucking loser. Johnny Manziel and Colt McCoy, back-to-back quarterbacks out of Texas into the NFL, and both are garbage. Um, I, I said from the beginning Colt McCoy was garbage when he first came in. I said from the beginning that Johnny Manziel was garbage when he first came you in. You sure did. Um, look at look at their sizes. That should alone tell you they're not quarterbacks. So yeah, with numbers like that, I, I can't I can't feel confident in the Redskins rest of the year. But rest assured, if it doesn't work out, you have another wishy washy quarterback <laughs> over there, Mr. Mark Sanchez. Now he signed by the Redskins as a backup. Um, so he hasn't played a game since 2016. Because he can't stay healthy. He's like right. Sam Bradford. But he's also 32 years of age as well. He does have 15,219 yards, 86 touchdowns, but to match it with 86 interceptions. Ooh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so he's not reliable. So, I mean, if, if it's like the Trump and Hillary Clinton debate, like you pick the lesser of two evils. And here's another thing. I mean, it's not like they could go out there and get a good quarterback because here's who they worked out before they actually signed Mark Sanchez. It was E.J. Manuel, Kellen Clemens, don't know who that guy is, Mark Sanchez, T.J. Yates, and here's the kicker, okay? All you are hearing now, everybody's over here, oh, let's get Colin Kaepernick back in. Let's get Colin Kaepernick. Why doesn't he have a job? Well, here's why. one of the reasons why he doesn't have a job. He hasn't played a damn down in the NFL in 620-plus days, you guys. And that's a guy you want in your locker room. Let's let's push aside the fact that yes, he was kneeling during the national anthem. Let's let's totally forget about that. That's well, hard to forget about. It, it, it surely is. Me it. being a veteran, it's hard for me to forget about that. And you can't see that, but I am saluting Mr. T Ball over here because thank you for your services. But the problem is, is yeah, okay, he works out. He says he works out uh, five, six days a week, five hours a day. 
But look what happened to Des Bryant. Yeah. He did the same thing. He came back what, and 300, practiced. 300, 311. Days? It was actually half that. Yeah. So, like, he comes back and, yeah, the first game blows his Achilles. Not even a game. Practice. Yeah, practice. Blows his Achilles in practice. Well, you look at that. it this way. Colin Kaepernick is not only unreliable in distraction the the fact that well he's unreliable in the fact that he's not only gonna be under a lot of pressure as far as where his talent lies right now like do we work him out do we do we waste the time work him out and bring him in and when we when he looks good you know in the workout we get him out onto the field He's got to learn a whole new playbook very quickly. So, you know, I don't think in the middle of a season a team's just going to bring in somebody like Colin Kaepernick, who's not only missed that many games, nah. um, but in my opinion was never really good that in the first place. And like you said, not only that, he's a huge distraction. There's a lot of people that don't want him around. and It's just been too long. You play a professional sport. You're here to entertain us. We don't give a fuck about your political views. You sure don't. Not now, I. We but. have debated this before um, with J-Mag, J-Bones, um, D-Weezy um, about the whole stance on Colin Kaepernick. Um, so we won't get too heavy into it. Um, you can always go back and listen. But I'm agreeing with you. I don't think bringing Colin Kaepernick back into the NFL or let alone in the middle of a season is a good idea. Period. Yeah, and let me just drop some real quick stats for all you people that may disagree with us and be like, oh, you're just hating on him, man. You're, you're blackballing him too like the NFL is done. Well, here you go. He's only played one complete season, for one, and that was 2013, five fucking years ago. Yeah, he was 12-4 and four as a starter that year. Um, 21 touchdowns to eight interceptions. Just not getting it done for me. Um, here's the big-time thing. He's 28 and 30 as a career starter. Okay? He's 31 years old. He's played 69 career games and only has 72 touchdown passes. That's barely I mean that's that's one per game except for three games she threw two. Ooh, wow. Congratulations. That's a big stat and you want that in your on your locker room and in your and your team leading your team. Yeah, he runs all over people, but we're getting out of that era of the yep, dual of quarterback. The Yep. Because they don't get to run the whole season because they get hurt. That's what happened to him. He missed a lot of games because he was taking off running. Um, another big stat that just does not, and, and I think this is one of the biggest ones of reasons why coaches aren't bringing him in, is because he has a 59.8% completion rating. Yeah, That's not good. terrible. Yeah. And 69 games? Right. So, I mean, interceptions. And then his last year playing was 2016. He only played 11 games and was 1-10 as a starter. And they lost 9 in a row in that season. And he had 16 touchdowns to 4 interceptions. And he's never thrown for more than 3,300 yards. It's just In, in 2016-17, his last season, just one more stat to throw out there. Um, he ranked 29th in passing yards and 25th in passing touchdowns. So there's the actual reasons why, guys. Not because he's a distraction. To me, and I think to a lot of coaches and front office staff. Yeah, it has. Really, if you look at it, I mean, it's all based on an opinion. You basically got to look at it like this: like, yeah, he's a distraction. But like I said, this is inter- this is entertainment. Um, we're here to watch people play football, not express their political views. So like, he can do that all he wants, and I don't really give a shit. But I don't, I, I don't want him in the league. One because anybody who kneels. Or steps on my flag. You get <laughs> right. fucked for all I care. Um, but you're not a good quarterback. And if you look at it like this, 
who at the beginning of next year is going to need a quarterback? A lot of teams. A lot of teams, yeah. A lot of teams are going to need quarterbacks. But, but how many good teams are going to need a quarterback? Or, a, a, I mean, unless you're just looking for a payday, I guess. Um, I think he is in more publicity. Um, if you're looking for a payday, yeah, you can come into the league and play for some garbage team like the Buffalo Bills. The Jets. Arizona Cardinals. There's lots of teams Oakland. I mean, yeah, there's lots of teams that need quarterbacks. But not only are you going to come in with a lot of heat, you know, coming below your feet, but you're gonna more than likely have to play on a shitty team, and because you're shitty, you're gonna look even more shittier, and then people are definitely going to doubt you. So I just think everybody needs to drop the Colin Kaepernick thing. Stop talking about it. They're his, not blackballing. His time is done. Just because he was in a damn Nike commercial doesn't mean that he, his career is going to be revived. Yeah. Um. So drop it. Get rid of the Colin Kaepernick. Yep. Thing. Moving on. Uh, top performer of the week. You want to go first? Uh, I sure. To, I would love to hear it. Because uh, I picked a defensive player. Ooh, uh, wow. And not somebody I would normally pick. He does play defensive end for the Bears. His name is Akeem Hicks. Very um, good player. Very good player. He is a huge presence. Um, opposite of... Yeah, opposite of uh, Khalil. Khalil Mack making an impact alongside there. Uh, he, against the uh, last week, so we're doing this by week, so... They played the um, they played the Vikings. He had six tackles in one sack. Now that doesn't sound like a huge game. It's a game changer, though. At the very end of the game, he had that sack. Um, he was a huge presence. Um, all at the end of the game, he stepped up when the Vikings were trying to come back, um, and he just ended up making some huge plays uh, to be the second place team in that division. And an NFC runner-up team last year. Uh, he's just like I said, he's just a huge presence with Khalil Mack making an impact alongside. Um, so you know you got to make a choice. You're either you're either blocking Akeem Hicks or you're blocking um, Khalil Mack, and you have to make a choice. Now the Vikings <laughs> did do a pretty good job of picking that up. But like I said, line. at the end when the pressure was on, and your defense is good, and these guys are known for defense, they're coming, and they definitely proved that Khalil Mack. Anakeem Hicks, you can't mainly in that week, that guy at the whole end of the game, I was just, I was, I was like, wow, I'm amazed by how well this guy is playing defense right now. In on every play, making sacks, making the ball come out, um, just overall present on every play. Like his name was mentioned, I think six times in a row. <laughs> in on that tackle, or in on that sis, or has that sack, or stripped the ball. He just had a huge, huge game. So I give him the performer of the week. And people may argue with you, be like, oh, it's because he's opposite of Cleo and all the, and all the, you know, blah, 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 is on Cleo Magnus. He's the reason why. Well, not always. There's more than just one guy on a team. Um, let me drop mine, and I know D. And just to, oh, sorry. not to interrupt you, but uh, in that game, Cleo Mack only had two uh, tackles, and one of them was a sack. Yeah. So there's something to think about as well. Yeah, if you're going to come with that um, whole, you know, perception of it. Yeah. Um, shout out to D. Weezy. Um, Trolley is the trolls. And the reason why I say that, well, well, you know him from Heated Waves, our whole crew that does picks every week. But the reason why I'm going to shout out to this boy is because my dude, my man, <laughs> he's a bad man besides Aaron Rodgers. Saquon Barkley absolutely tore it up. 27 carries, 142 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. That's 5.3 yards a carry, guys. Um, that's 21 points he scored by itself of the 38 they had. Not to mention, I mean, yeah, two catches for 10 yards. Almost had that amazing 40-yard back shoulder pass um, caught. I mean, it was just out of his fingertips, and he had a receiving touchdown. So the man had three touchdowns, helped lead his team over the Bucks. Um, he was the whole team. He had uh, 
He is now only 272 yards away from 1,000 yards in his rookie season. Wow. Um, that means he needs 45 yards per game to get that over the next six games, and I think he'll get that. He's yeah, How mean, many carries is he averaging? Uh, they're kind of they're kind of wishy with wishy washy with him. It's like anywhere from like twelve to to twenty five at a time. And I think if you give him twenty plus carries, he's gonna eat you up. And oh, he yeah. did last week. Because I think on average, the average running back in the lead, if he gets um, at least ten carries, he's gonna have at least fifty yards or more. I mean, he's averaging a hundred yards from scrimmage every single game. But the reason why he was the game changer is because um, Odell Beckham Jr didn't do anything really that game he had a few catches but it was nothing spectacular this guy it, that's all they could talk about he was running guys over running around guys mm-hmm. running through guys jumping over guys stretching out for that one touchdown that i thought he got a little injured on but he came back strong and put out another two touchdowns on that and was picking up a lot of good blocks chipping and helping them to that three-point win so he's my top performer of the week and he's going to be and like i've said if you guys listen to the previous podcast i say he's gonna have 100 yards from scrimmage every game there's one game this season out of 10 so far where he didn't and he had 94 yards that game so t-ball who's your mr mr nobody there we go i can just keep having problems with mr that nobody so if anybody if anybody knows that reference um in the nfl draft if you are the very last person picked in the nfl draft seventh rounder um, the very last pick, you are called Mr. Nobody. Um, <laughs> and uh, I believe that's the reference. Um, or Mr. Nobody Care, something like that. But Either way. We're going to call it the Mr. Nobody work. But I kind of want to breach off that Saquon Barkley because do you remember a while back, I think I'd sent you a, a message or a text that said, um, you know, I, I think it was a Facebook post actually where I said, you know, I don't think Saquon Barley, Saquon Barkley is going to be all that good. <laughs> um, I was like, I don't think he's going to be as good as the hype says he is. And, you know, you've been getting into D-Weezy about it these last couple weeks, well, since the season started, really, trying to prove your point. And I think you've won me over because... You know, just watching Saquon over these last 11 weeks, I've been highly impressed. I mean, hell, in week one, um, where they played Jacksonville, Saquon Barkley had 106 yards in his first ever regular season game with 22 reception yards to add on top of that. So he went five more weeks with 100 yards from scrimmage and has had three games with over 100 yards rushing. Um, He's only had one, like you said, yeah, he's only had one game where he didn't get uh, get 100 yards um, total, and it actually ended up being 94, so... Um, he has 10 total touchdowns. Seven of those are rushing. Three of those uh, are receiving. Um, but, yes, he has definitely become a huge presence um, on that field for the for Giants. Because you got Odell Beckham there. Because it's, it's funny that you say that, like, Odell Beckham didn't do shit. Well, that's because Saquon Barkley was doing it It was all. the Saquon Barkley show. And if you are smart enough um, as an offensive coordinator, you need to exploit how good Odell Beckham is, and you need to exploit how good Saquon is. I don't care if you have to, oh, Odell Beckham ain't open, check down to Saquon. It's hard not to rely on him, but who's your Mr. Nobody? So my Mr. Nobody of the week is actually Carson Wentz. Oh, wow. Um... Yeah, uh, as you know, uh, the game they played, Got destroyed Eagles versus the Saints, which is we will I'll actually bring up later, forty-eight to seven. Uh, Carson Wentz for the Eagles went nineteen for thirty-three on one hundred and fifty-six yards. Whoa, I didn't know it was that bad. Zero touchdowns, three interceptions, mm. and that's not even a good defense, guys. It's like, um, weren't you guys in the Super Bowl last year? 
I like to get the hangover, man. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's not good. You're a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, or at least you were. Um, and then you guys come into this year, and you're a huge letdown. And then you go up against a team where you guys can actually prove what everybody has been saying all year long that you guys haven't been proving yourselves. And four and six. At least put up at least a, def- a, a fighting chance against the Saints. <laughs> I mean, I realize they're fucking balling this year, but, but their defense is in the in the bottom five of the league. Right. But forty eight seven is ridiculous. Like, there's no way you should have won the Super Bowl last year and then lose to the Saints forty eight to seven. Well, maybe they should put Nick Foles back in. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> Give him a shot. But yeah, that's my uh, Mr. Nobody of the Week or Underperformer of the Week. Um, Just because he's he's a good guy, man. He was on the MVP race last year. Yeah. Um, so who's who's your guy? Who you got? Um, I went running back again. Oh. And okay. the reason why is because, I mean, we all know James Conner, right? The running back for the Steelers that's been taking the place of Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. And has came in and been balling, right? Yeah. He's been great. Last week he was just absolutely terrible, and if you guys remember, they had to come from behind. But that shouldn't matter because he's a pass-catching running back as well, just like a Le'Veon Bell. But here's my big thing about it is, look, they got the number one offensive line. I've said this before, and he should be out there just running amok. And it was on the Jaguars. I've just been so up and down this year. My thing was he had nine carries for 25 yards. That's 2.8 yards per carry. And the guy's been average. He's, his, his average is actually up there in the fours, high fours. He had six catches. Yeah, okay, he had six catches, but for 24 yards, that's only four yards a catch. So basically, he's catching a little two-yard dinker or a check down, and he's getting tackled immediately that game against a not a very good Jacksonville team. I don't care what anybody says. Especially when you guys, you got guys like Shushu or Juju out there. You got Antonio Brown, um, Vance McDonald, uh, Jesse James. Oh, well, he may be hurt still, but all those weapons, and you couldn't get nothing going for that running back, and... And that number one offensive line, like a guy that's been straight balling every year he, or every week, I'm pretty sure he has four or five hundred yard rushing games coming into that game, and he had 20, 25 rushing yards. So, well, he, if, well, from the beginning up until this point, I guess uh, a lot of people have been looking at like Le'Veon Hoop. Right. So, like uh, this James Conner guy is stepping up, but yeah, his last week, I have to agree with you there. Wasn't 25 the rushing yards, yeah. 2.0 yards a carry. I just, you know, just not my kind of. Not my cu- cup of tea, I guess. People are like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Yeah, what happened to you, man? Yeah. Um, so do we want to go to uh, Game of the Week? Game of the Week. Or should we go Lame of the Week first? I want to go Lame of the Week first. Who was your Lame of the Week? In my the- Lame of the Week. If you guys don't know what that is, like we said, we just started it this week on our third episode of uh, Hard Count, and it is just just a terrible game that no one even cares about, or it was just a horrible game. T-Ball? Lame of the Week. Of course, like I mentioned earlier, Eagles at Saints. Eagles 7, Saints 48. Uh, not only a boring game to fucking watch, but... Unless you're a Saints fan. I guess if you're a Saints fan, yeah, you'd love to see... I mean, hell, I'm a Packers fan. I'd love to see the Packers just blow somebody out, especially the, the Super Bowl champs. Right. Um, but, yeah, they just got destroyed. It was boring. Um, like From I said, start to finish. Carson Wentz went 19 for 33, 156 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions. They had 70 total yards rushing. Um, that one touchdown that they scored came from a rushing touchdown. Um, so not much to say uh, on this game. Uh, it was just simply a blowout. Uh, and you would never know by the looks of it, like I said, that the Eagles had won the Super Bowl last year. I mean, um, I think basically what had happened is looking back at the game is 
I think the Eagles scored early and then nothing from there on out. <laughs> it, was really. just, it was just really sad. I, I just... And I'm I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be game America's game of the week. Was it? It sure was. I mean, everybody thought. Oh, I bet everybody sat there, probably across the country, was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a good game." And then, of course, you know, that New Orleans fans are like, "Oh, we're gonna blow them the fuck out." And then they're like, "Who do we blow them out?" Oh yeah. <laughs> See, we beat the Super Bowl champs, baby. So. So that's my lame of the week. Uh, fuck that game. It was horrible. Absolutely. Here's my lame of the week, and people may disagree, but it was the Lions or the uh, Panthers at Lions, and I'm gonna tell you why. Um, for the simple fact that everyone—I don't care who you are, unless you're a Lions fan—you picked the Panthers to win that game, and it ended up being the slow, boring 19 to 20 finish to where I'm not sure why, but the Panthers coach Ron Riviera calls has them go for two at the end of the game with five seconds or whatever it was left. Mm -hmm. They're down 19 to 20. Why not kick the extra point? This is already the most boringest game. Just take it to overtime. Maybe there'll be something exciting going on there. Yeah. And what does he do? Cam Newton usually takes off and runs after one look, uh, dropping back to get ready to pass. He'll look at like one right wide receiver and be like, nah, I'm taking off and running. He doesn't even do that. He just slings it in the back of the end zone. It's like, bro, you had one throw. Just run it in. All the other times you didn't. Yeah. It's just the most just pathetic game. Like, no one thought the Lions were going to win that game. I mean, every one of us on the crew of Heated Waves picked, the Panthers, picked the Panthers. Yeah. And I think, like I said, most of the country besides Lions fans did. But uh, that was my lame of the week. I hope people weren't falling. Well, they probably were falling asleep to it. So, But moving along with the game of the week, and I think we both and everybody in the goddamn America had game of the week, right? Or am I totally wrong? <laughs> no, no, I had a different game of the week. Did you? Yeah, retouching back on that Bears and Vikings game. Uh, a divisional game. Um, 14 to nothing, uh, Bears in the first half. The Vikings finally scored a field goal in the third and then put up 17 points in the fourth to lose 20 to 25. So <laughs> it was basically 14 nothing in the first half. Um, the Bears were holding them that whole first half and then that third quarter they get that field goal and I guess they're like, well, there's a little spark. Let's try to run off that spark and create a fire and then came out and put 17 points up in the fourth quarter, which like I said, didn't end up being enough. It was 20 to 25, but Cousins went 30 for 46 with 262 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, not a whole lot happening on the ground um, in that game for Minnesota, especially Dalvin Cook after he bowed did not come back. Uh, I almost, I almost put him down as my uh, Mr. Nobody of the week. <laughs> right, he was pretty terrible. He had nine carries on, oh, but he had like nine carries on like 12 yards. Yeah, it's just not. I was fun. like, what? Um, 12 yards. But, yeah, Diggs had 13 receptions for 126 yards. Uh, Trubisky for the Bears went 20 for 31. He had 165 yards, um, one touchdown, two interceptions. And you're like, oh, 20 for 31, 165 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Well, like I said, defensive game. But nine of those points came off field goals. <laughs> they had 125 yards rushing combined over four players, too. Wow. Um, and one of those was Trubisky. I think he had like 43 of them. So, yeah. Um, that was my game of the week. and but Mainly because it was a divisional game, and I was kind of excited, and it kind of gave me an idea where the Packers were going to be at by the end of this. Um, obviously, we play the Vikings next week, so we're going to see Vikings. where that or how that turns out. But, yeah, I thought that was just kind of an exciting game to watch, especially when I thought – because I thought the Vikings were going to win this game. And then I'm like, oh, shit, the Bears were holding the whole entire game. Here come the Vikings. They put up 17 points. They're about to fucking, you know, tie this game back up. And then here come – Akeem Hicks 
shutting shit down along with Khalil Mack. And just, They're like, nah. If he wouldn't have stepped it up, the Vikings may have had a chance to come back and win that game. So that was my game of the week. Well, I think we all know where I'm going with this, but it was that amazing, the most, the best game I've seen all year could be even the uh, future Super Bowl if we get to see these two teams again. It was obviously, and it was, uh, of course, the uh, Chiefs going and traveling to the Rams in that 51-54, just absolute shootout. I mean, at one point, they were in the beginning of the game, they were down 13-0, and, uh, I was so hardly wanting the Chiefs to win because I just I called them. You, you guys all know if you heard the last week's picks, picks uh, week eleven picks. I said this is going to be one of the two teams that beat the Rams. Well, they should have, but a tip pass led to an interception at the end of that game. But game of the week, just because of the points, and there was also one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine records in that game. Yeah, what were those records? Yeah, let's let's get into this. This oh man, nine records set in one game. <sighs> and Mahomes was doing a lot of work, and he's part of a lot of those records. Mahomes, 117 passer rating, highest in NFL history of any quarterback who has thrown for three interceptions. And D. Weezy, I hope you're listening. Yeah, sure should be. Uh, Mahomes, six touchdown passes, most in Monday Night Football history. Mahomes became only third. Uh, quarterback in NFL history and the second in Super Bowl era player to have two separate six touchdown games. That's ridiculous. Two six touchdown games. That's just crazy. Yeah. Um, Mahomes is now tied for second in NFL history for most four touchdown games in a season, and that's consecutively. All he needs is one more, and he breaks the record, guys. The game's over-under was closed at 64 points, which is the highest since they've been keeping track of it since 1986. And that was after the third quarter had ended. It was already there at 64 points. Yeah. The over-under. That's a new record. Huh. And a highest-scoring game in Monday Night Football history. And that's out of a total of 773 games, people, on Monday Night Football. Um, Two more here. Uh, First time in NFL history a team scored 50 points and lost... Those teams that have scored at least 50 points or more in the games are now 217 and one as a record. Um, and last but not least, Chiefs are the second team in NFL history that scored at least 40 points in both of their losses this season and still lost those games, which is crazy. So they've lost two games this year, and then those two games against the Patriots and the Rams, they still managed to put up 91 points yeah total 91 points 40 against the the patriots and then of course 51 last night against the top three defense in the fucking league and that's the only reason the rams won is because of that defense yeah Yeah. that was not only the game of the week that was probably the game of the year or century by that until we get to the super bowl so far so so far that's the game of the year right the sad thing is is this week 12 the Rams and Chiefs are both on a bye. Right. So what do we do now? We just watch the Saints blow somebody out again? Yep. That'll be the game of the week next week. <laughs> yeah, right. I kind of want to talk about Mike McCarthy a little. Yes, um, There's yes, a little bit of news on him. My fault, um, yeah. So obviously, you know. He's under fire. As Packers fans, we got to talk about uh, Mike McCarthy and his position with the Green Bay Packers right now. Because I'm sure if anybody else is a Packers fan or have heard, um, Mike McCarthy is under fire. Uh, he's had some bad blood. Everybody knows Aaron Rodgers runs that team, and if he wants Mike McCarthy gone, he will definitely be gone. Now, 
You also being a Packers fan, obviously are a fan of Brett Favre, correct? I sure am. So Brett Favre came out and said McCarthy is an excellent coach. <laughs> so Brett Favre's been following the Green Bay Packers all season long, and he believes they should be a lot better than what their record shows. Obviously, well, you know, fans and experts are blaming head coach Mike McCarthy for the issue that the Packers are having this season. But Favre doesn't think McCarthy is the problem. Um, he has this uh, serious XM NFL show that he does, right? Um, and he Shout gave out. praise to McCarthy uh, for the work he's done. He said, and I quote, I think Mike McCarthy is an excellent coach. They have to win, and I think when, when a, they have to win, and I think when a hurry or something may happen there. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been playing outstanding and keeping them in games. Their defense is really at times looking really good. <laughs> Opportunistic, aggressive. So, Favre went on to say he likes the effort the Packers are giving this season and, and has not declined despite the tough losses. He thinks the problem is that they are just not playing up to their expectations. However, McCarthy has put together a strong resume during his time with the Packers. He led the Packers to a Super Bowl win in 2010. You mean Aaron Rodgers and, and company? Mm, yeah, I probably would put it more like that. But he has led the Packers to four NFC Championship appearances. He has won six NFC North titles since 2006. So last week, McCarthy was asked if he was concerned about his future with the Packers. And he kind of downplayed uh, any talk about his job security. I think he wanted to stay uh, away from that. But like I said, the Packers do face Minnesota uh, for the second time this year. And as you know, last time they uh, tied. Which it shouldn't have been. Um, so, yeah, in my opinion, like I said, as being a Packers fan, um, I say Mike McCarthy's got to go. What do you think? Absolutely. Look, he's been wasting Aaron Rodgers' skill set for the last, hell, what, four seasons at least. He's been squeezing every ounce of juice out of that man of his talent that you could name of. I'm not going to fully put it on him, but I will put 80% of it because the guy cannot scheme for anyone at all, especially Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is your number one wide receiver, and he is absolutely balling this year, and now, he won't scheme. Now, for those who don't know, tell the people what scheming is. Scheming is when you basically draw out plays specifically for a certain player or players or personnel and you're on your starting team and your starting offense to get them wide open, to get them looks, to get them those big plays you see every other team doing, like the Saints blowing people out. Yeah, we've seen it before. Yeah. So it's not like it's not there. Everybody can argue and say that and say it's on, you know, Aaron Rodgers' shoulder or the defense. The defense, I would say, is the other problem, but Mike McCarthy's play calling is the weakest I ever seen. Just take that last game. It's fourth and two. You're down. Um, you know, what was it? Uh, just a few points there. You got four minutes to go, but Seattle was running it down our throats. I, I, I'm not going to lie there. Yeah. And we had one timeout and a two-minute warning. We haven't stopped them all day in our game. We're down, or, yeah, we're down three, fourth and two. I get it. We're on our own 33, but you just can't punt. You can't put that on your defense that hasn't stopped them, and they've given up 27 points. Yeah, you have to look at it as... I mean, it, it seems like he was making a bonehead play. Like, okay, you know you're not going to get the ball back. You have to go for it right here. You have the best quarterback under center. It's like, hell, there was like four minutes and 15 seconds left. Seattle is the best team at sucking up the clock. Especially running. They are they they are number one rushing team this year at two like 200 yards a game. We, yeah, like you said, from our 33. But we had to score on that drive. 
Or if anybody who watches football, which obviously Mike McCarthy doesn't watch what the Seattle fucking Seahawks do on a regular <laughs> basis, and that's eat up clock. And what they do? We punted the ball to them with four minutes and... Like five seconds. Five seconds. Yeah, five seconds left. And they ate up the whole entire four minutes and five seconds. And not only that, but he calls the most ill-advised timeouts at the most wrong times. Oh, he wastes them like they're fucking candy. He's just throwing them back. I'm hungry. <laughs> if, when it comes timeouts down, are pretty important, right? Especially if you need to challenge a play and, and you don't have a timeout, you can't challenge. Yeah, very wisely. That's a whole other game plan. And I'm just not getting it because you have the best quarterback in the league. Not just because I'm a Packers fan. I'm not trying to sound biased, but a lot of people have said that. I mean, it's just. It's just not looking good for Mike McCarthy. I hope he gets out of there. I hope they just go ahead and re, just get rid of that whole front office. Yeah. And letting go of Ha Ha Clinton Dix before you play the Patriots. When you've seen what happened, they exploited that safety position. Good job, Mike McCarthy. Way to, way to squeeze a fourth or fifth round pick out of that one. I think Mike McCarthy is just making a lot of boneheaded mistakes. Um, and he's, he's just literally sitting there making these plays and then going, fuck. Right. Why the fuck did I do that? I mean, there he, should never be an instance as a head coach where you should ever regret, and you can see it in his face when he calls a play or something happens and it doesn't go right because you know it was fucked from the beginning. It's not a good fucking play call. No, it's not. Um, and you can see the disappointment in his face. And not only his, but Aaron Rodgers. I mean, yeah, Aaron. They're Rodgers, at wits end right now. He's got he's got so much frustration written all over his face, which. I know it's probably coming into play as well um, as far as the game plan and how the play calls are coming in. I'm sure he wants to check off because, you know, not every play that Mike McCarthy is calling in is going to be a bad one. No, there's been some great play calling. And and if Aaron Rodgers is getting in a play call and he's getting pissed off because Mike McCarthy has been calling some stupid shit, there's probably going to be a couple times where Mike McCarthy's made the right play call and Aaron Rodgers is like, fuck that. Blah, blah, whatever the fuck, you know, his checkdowns and shit are. And he switches up to play and then it blows up in his face. So we don't really know really how the play calling is coming in. But you got to assume, which makes an ass out of you and me, that most of it, 90% of it's coming from Mike McCarthy. And those 90% of the time is biting us in the ass, in my opinion. I think they also need another offensive coordinator. But, yeah, I mean, it's just it's time for him to go at the end of the year. Regardless, if we win the rest of these games and make the playoffs, I just think it's time to turn a new leaf. Yeah, yeah. So Part ways with him at the end of the year. Both agree on that? Sure do. Um, but I think that about wraps it up for the hard count tonight. Great show. Great yeah. show, man. Yeah, that is Hard Count presented by the Heated Waves Network on the Heated Waves Podcast. Uh, thank you for coming into Hard Count. Uh, don't forget, if you can guess who that Hard Count was by, um, we will play it again for you. Here it is. And if you can guess who that was, you know, leave us, give us a call, leave a voicemail. First person who gets it, like I said, we'll give you a shout out. Sure will. And if we can uh, get you on the show, if you're wanting to do that, we'll get you in there we'll for a couple, time. couple of minutes there. So, uh, Mr. Bradstone, you got anything else? No. If you guys got any questions or anything like that or comments or don't agree with anything, hey, throw it our way. We love it. We love a challenge and a debate anytime. So, uh, we will answer any questions anybody has. Stupid. There's no stupid questions, just stupid answers. So, <laughs> let us know. Um, this is the Heated Waves uh, Network. 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 Yep. Um, you were listening to Hard Count. Uh, we appreciate it. Look forward to uh, week twelve. Week picks twelve in picks. a couple days. Yep, come soon. Uh, look for those picks, and uh, look for some more fantasy updates um, during those picks as well. Yep. Y'all have a good night, and uh, for Mr. Bradstone and T Ball, 
Thank you, Mr. Bradstone. We are out on this mofo. Hot hot. Peace.